Hey everyone, you are listening to the Speak Up Now podcast by Young Minds Malaysia. Munira, Elamin and myself Arisha, we are here back again with another interesting topic. This issue has become a major problem due to the lockdown during COVID-19 pandemic. Today, we will be discussing about depression. As we know, the outbreak of the coronavirus has affected many areas of our daily life. including our mental health with the sudden disruption of our routines and the new norm of social distancing many of us are put at risk for depression due to the coronavirus outbreak l in your opinion what is depression all about well hi everyone and thanks orisha for the introduction uh when it comes to depression depression is the most common mental health illness and it has a, di- a direct effect in your mood thoughts, self-esteem, and behavior, you might suffer lack of interest and lack of emotional expression. And before we continue moving on, we have to differentiate between feeling depressed and struggling with depression. See, feeling depressed, it's a normal human emotion. You can feel dep- anyone can feel depressed. You can watch a movie and feel depressed. That we should not confuse that with struggling with depression because depression is a mental health illness and it's a serious actually it's a serious disorder because you feel lonely and you might be stuck in your head and you feel paralyzed by your own distorted thoughts you no longer feel like that you're in control and today it affects more than 264 million people worldwide most likely to be more women than men and it also has an effect in your daily life for example you're gonna have to suffer from poor performance and poor performance that can when it comes to your school activity work productivity and you in your own personal relationship friends and family and intimate clients and if it left untreated depression can lead to suicide as a matter of fact according to the WHO 800,000 commit suicide every year between 15 and 29 years old yes that's absolutely true l it is really important that friends and family be aware of the signs of depression among their circle in most cases they may feel tired or lacking of energy most days or feeling sad or grief most of the day and they may find it difficult in focusing or remembering details or making decisions they may also feel guilty or unworthy most of the time and of course inability to sleep or sleeping too much most days you know feeling uh, restless and slowed down persistent persistent thoughts about death and suicide and lack of desire to participate in any activities that they used to enjoy so having five or more of these symptoms for at least two weeks indicates the presence of depression okay thank you arisha for explaining the symptoms of depression and thank you l for explaining to the audience what depression is mostly about So please note that although the symptoms of depression are readily available on the internet, we should never self-diagnose ourselves with depression based on these symptoms. Be- the reason why is because this could trivialize the illness and possibly add to the stigma of people with clinical depression. 
If you feel sad or depressed, it's best to seek professional help because depression is a medical condition. So in general, it's still important that we are aware of the symptoms of depression so that we can spot any changes among our friends and family. And as we know, the suicide rates in Malaysia has significantly increased during the pandemic and it's our collective responsibility to be more conscious about depression. Moving along, after we've discussed on the symptoms of depression, L, in your experience, what are some of the causes of depression? Well, first of all, we need to understand something that scientifically it's unknown. The reasons why people develop the disorder, it's unknown. And that's due to two reasons. The first one, because it's different from a person to another person. And the second reason, it's because it could be the cause or the result. For example, depression and then develop other disorders such disorders or substance abuse and that's because depression is the cause or it could be the result of for example anxiety or eating disorder but it could be it could also be like according to the research it could also be a combination of four factors the first one is genetics it could be inherited some people are predisposed to develop depression for example if you have a family member who is struggling with depression you're more likely or three times more likely to suffer from the from the condition itself the second one is biology see there's neurotransmitters in your brain such as serotonin and dopamine in unregular amount or low amount of this neurotransmitter can cause depression so the second reason could be biology the third one is environmental and environment we do to abuse neglect or any kind of abuse it could be emotional most likely emotional abuse psychological abuse or physical abuse or neglect or any kind of traumatic event Lastly, it could be personality factors. For example, people who are uh, have low self-esteem can or high anxiety can develop the condition. Thank you for sharing your perspective on some of the causes of clinical depression, L. I'd like to add on that and focus more on pandemic-induced depression. Because of the pandemic or COVID-19, People who are already clinically depressed or those that are already genetically predisposed to depression, like what you explained just now, the genetics aspect of it, they always end up becoming more depressed during the pandemic lockdown. A lot of us may be suffering from poor mental health because of the isolation, and there are some of us who might have unique causes that lead to their depression. For example, financial problems due to the lockdown, or maybe grieving the death of a loved one. This is what we call situational depression, which is one of the types of depression. Thank you for highlighting that, Moon. Most people aren't aware on the different types of depression. For example, postpartum depression. And even people with bipolar disorder experience depressive episodes too. Can you guys elaborate on what is situational depression and also major depressive disorder? Well, situational depression basically refers to depression that is triggered by a life-changing event. It's a short-term and stress-related type of depression. Earlier, I gave the example of financial problems, 
due to the lockdown or even the death of a loved one. Other examples can be medical illness. For example, people who have cancer can develop situational depression. This isn't to say that every single person who goes through these problems or life-changing events will develop situational depression. For people with situational depression, these life-changing events can lead to adjustment problems and also severe distress to the person. Usually, people who already have existing mental health issues have a higher risk of developing the situational depression. Yes, Moon. And one of the most common type of depression is MDD, which is also known as major depressive disorder. And it's the most chronic and the most um, serious one, uh, which associated with struggling with depressed mood, which is also known as anhedonia. And it's a lot, and it's 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 basically lost a pleasure or enjoyment. So the stuff that you used to do, and you used to actually like to do, it, it, it doesn't feel the same anymore. And the, to to know that you're struggling with with the major depressive disorder, uh, anhedonia actually it's also associated with long period of time so it doesn't last for a short period and it's gonna affect your appetite and that could be up or down so you might lose or gain weight it also it's also if you you also have sleeping problems or insomnia for example you could be sleeping all day or you can have trouble sleeping or waking up early in the morning and not be able to go back to sleep again and it's also associated with a thing called dysthymia, which is presented depressive disorder. And dysthymia actually has its own symptoms, which is helplessness, uh, feeling shame, feeling guilty, feeling of worthlessness, low self-esteem, hard to make decisions, and low concentration and focus and psychomotor agitation which is like flipping your fingers or playing with something in a very hyper kind of manner and if and like just like we said before if it left untreated it could lead to suicidal thoughts and as we know we all we all know what is the consequences of suicidal ideation. Thank you for sharing that, Al. So, as we know, depression is a very serious issue, and if we know someone with depression, how how do you think we should help someone with depression, Aisha? Yes, of course you can help them. You know, you can let them know that you care so much for them, and you are there to listen to them accept them as they are without judging them and you know gently encourage them to help themselves for example by staying um, physically active eating a balanced diet and doing things that they truly enjoy and of course you can also advise them to stay in touch by messaging texting or calling uh, their friends you know because people who are depressed can become isolated and may find it difficult to cope with that and um, as a friend, we all should always be patient and just simply be there for them. That's the best way you can help a person who's suffering from depression. Thank you, Arisha. So now I'm just asking this question because it's a common misconception. 
can depression go away on its own uh many say that time heals all wounds but that's not entirely true when it comes to depression it's hard to predict how the experience with depression will be yeah because i mean if you broke your hand are you just going to sit and wait for it to heal itself i mean fortunately there is no need to sit around and wait for depression to go away like any other mental health illnesses or diseases depression is treatable and actually between 80 to 90% of patients struggling with depression respond well to the treatment wow that's great yeah it is and we can talk about the treatment see the treatment um actually we can divide the treatment into three parts the first one is pharmacological which is medication also in another word it's antidepressant and it's actually classified into three parts SSRA which is selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors MAOI which is monoamine donoxide inhibitors and lastly tri- tricyclics and when it comes to the non-pharmacological treatment uh, we have three the first one is physical activity yes exercising um because physical activity actually help to release the neurotransmitter that we just talked about in the biological when the biological cause uh studies shows that when like 20 20 minutes three times a week can help elevate the symptoms the second one is diet studies shows that eating fruit and veggie or eating healthy in general help elevate the symptoms as well and the last one and the most important one it's psychotherapy which is could be cbt or interpersonal therapy cbt it's cognitive behavior therapy and of course it's uh, you, you don't have to take medication there is there you will have your own plan and you will talk to people who are professional and they will help you through the whole program and lastly there is a thing called ECT also known as elective convulsive therapy and people may feel like doubt this one because there's like they might this it's electricity you know but of course you're going to go through this after 100% consent and you will be under 100% full anesthesia and studies shows that it's effective for more than 50% of the patient yes you know working actively to improve your mental health feels better than just waiting around for things to change on their own and many of the treatments for depression are just good healthy habits to have anyway it may take you a while to find a combination of treatment that actually works the best for you but that's okay just to add on that actually finding ways to improve your mental health is a rewarding experience yes you are true munira because you know uh, many people have misconceptions saying that a person suffering from depression will need medication for the rest of their life but the fact is that although antidepressants can be used long term but they do not need to be taken for the rest of your life yes that's because that the length of a time a person is usually prescribed with antidepressants is 
it depends on the treatment plan that they are undergoing and the acuteness of their depression. So L, if we suspect someone or actually know someone who's struggling with depression, what is the right way to interact with them? Yes, thanks for the question, Munira. And I think this is, should be a permanent segment of our podcast because just like our last one, there's also things that you cannot say when you're dealing or interacting with people who are struggling with depression. For example, the first one, it's that you don't give them a solution. Don't tell them to meditate or do yoga or whatever because you, you're not a professional like you you don't know what is the right solution for them and what their condition is and this is just like asking a person who have diabetes to do yoga or meditate i mean it's gonna make them feel more bad the second thing is you don't ask them to to work harder because you don't know that they're already working harder like working every day to build the carriage to actually talk to you and open up about this so when you ask them to work harder, you kind of diminish all the work that they've been doing to be able to talk to you. And number three, you don't tell them it's all in your head again, because you don't know that. I mean, for example, there's a book called Depression is the Most Misunderstood Illness by Leslie Lamb. And it's, and it's, and I think for a person who will say such a thing, you should go read that book before telling someone that it's all in your head, because those people are struggling with this every day of their life. Number four, you don't ask them or you don't say your life is great, just based on what you see, like, uh, like there's nothing to be depressed or sad about just because maybe they have money or fame or success. They don't see their life as you see it from the outside. And lastly, you don't say, you don't look like you're depressed to me because they don't have to. A lot of those people struggling with the condition secretly and for a long time. So they don't, and, and by the way, there is no a shape or you have like there is no uh, a look for people who are struggling with depression in the first place and lastly don't talk to them like or don't talk don't talk to them or make them feel like they're weak because again mental health illness is not a weakness it's a disease or a disorder thank you Al so just to recap on your points and what not to say to us someone who has depression we shouldn't tell them that it's all in your head we shouldn't say to them your life looks great to me and we shouldn't say you don't look depressed to me so most people tend to label depression as a sign of weakness and to be honest it's not studies have shown that depression has nothing to do with a person's character instead it is a mental health condition that stems from a chemical imbalance and not from a defect in character depression is only viewed as a weakness due to the stigma that society has placed on it and has nothing to do with a person's mental, emotional, or physical strength. Yes, that's true, Moon. And uh, this is all from us today. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. 
we really hope that you learn something new from this topic and on how to help people who are suffering from depression. Don't forget to listen to our podcast on Spotify and share it to your friends and family. You never know it can change a person's life. Let's get together and shower more light and love. That's all from us today. See you again in our next episode with another interesting topic. Have a great day ahead.